0: One of the oldest stories on Earth is that this place is victim to a recurrent cataclysmic event, akin to a reset button that can send advanced civilizations back to the Stone Age in a geological instant. The Great Flood and Sodom and Gomorrah of the Bible, the three cataclysms of the Vishnu Purana, the sinking of Atlantis and Lemuria. The history of the world is rich with stories of cataclysms. The Five Sons of the Aztec teaches that the present world was preceded by four other cycles of creation and destruction. According to official records from commander of Project Nanook, Major Maynard White, the U.S. government discovered in the late 1940s that the Earth undergoes major magnetic flips about every 10,000 to 12,000 years which causes the surface of the Earth to catastrophically shift in the space of one day. This information was officially kept from the public. The mysterious Great Pyramid of Giza was built with dimensions that memorialize the golden ratio, pi, and the speed of light, and along with the Sphinx forms a working clock of the Great Year. The Great Year is the astronomical cycle of the equinoxes around the ecliptic a cycle that repeats just about every 26,000 years, leading many to speculate that the cataclysm is a somewhat fixed event in this cycle of time. Many researchers believe that the Great Pyramid, along with several other ancient structures that memorialize the great year, were built to warn us about the recurrent cataclysm. Our sun has its own recurrent cycles, and in almost every cataclysm story throughout history, The sun plays a major role. Researchers have found 11, 88, 200, and 2,400-year cycles, which involve the oscillation between solar minimum and solar maximum. Solar maximum being when the sun exhibits the most sunspot and solar flare activity. Many researchers now believe that this cycle leads up to a recurrent nova of our own sun. Recurrent novas have been observed all over the night sky. The mainstream theory is that stars become congested with atmospheric material and eventually expel this material in an explosive outburst. And there is much evidence that our own Sun experiences these recurrent novas, which likely is related to the solar flare and sunspot cycles. The latest research tells us that the Sun is more electrical than it is nuclear fusion, and that it has an electromagnetic relationship with the Earth. This would suggest that the magnetic reversals of the Earth occurs when the Sun novas. And so the big question is, when will that be? Douglas Vogt has been studying this subject for decades and predicts that a recurrent nova will next occur in 2046. He arrived at this date based on sun cycles, as well as biblical coding. The Mayan long count calendar began in 3,113 BC and was marked by days, not years, 1,872,000 days. Nearly all sources brought the Mayan calendar to an end in 2012 by dividing the number of days by 365.24 days in the year. But Jason Brashears of Archaics.com points out the fact that prior to 713 BC, there were 360 days in the year. In 713 BC, all the civilizations of the world changed their calendars to add five days. In Persia, these extra five days became known as the bad luck days, in ancient Mexico, the useless days, and for the ancient Maya, the unlucky days. When we adjust accordingly, we have 864,000 days before the calendar change and 1,008,000 days after, which brings the Mayan calendar to an end in 2046. This also raises the question, what happened in 713 BC? According to the Bible, 86,000 people were killed by an angel that year, followed by God moving the sun by 10 degrees. Perhaps one of these cataclysms occurred that year. Ben Davidson of Suspicious Observers has been closely analyzing all this scientific data, and based on the rate of decline of Earth's magnetic field, he concludes that the solar nova will occur between 2040 and 2060, This is one of the oldest stories on earth. And if it is true, then it would explain why so many people are convinced the world is going to end in 20 years. It would explain the entire man-made global warming cover story. It would explain the United Nations Agenda 2030. It would explain why Ray Kurzweil estimated the transhumanist singularity for 2045. And it would explain the entire outrageous, desperate, transhumanist goals of the World Economic Forum. For if this is true, it would mean they are attempting to achieve the impossible, maintaining their power throughout the Earth's Great Reset. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese.
1: It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with
2: Non-Compliant America. Welcome, folks. It is October 15th, 2022, and we are on the precipice of the greatest moment in history. Leading right into the election, on the brink of nuclear war, mass starvation, mass collapse of everything and anything that we know of everything that we know of our futures say goodbye to 2019 we will never see it again we are now on the brink of potentially the greatest fork in the road humanity has ever had to endure and you have a front row seat to it welcome ladies and gentlemen to non-compliant america Visit us at noncompliantamerica.com to subscribe to our podcast. We have the most cutting-edge information that we can find. Everything's going out there. As we know, the COVID narrative, uh, for those who have been listening, has been a disaster, but now it's starting to make the forefront. We have members of the European Parliament coming out. Uh, I'm going to play a short clip here where they are calling out the Pfizer and the plan of the Great Reset. These globalist technocrats that are trying to overtake your planet and overtake take your life are not going to uh, be able to do it. We will win. We will prosper. They are on the brink of their collapse now. In that, with all the grasp of power and massive amounts of power that they've been able to uh, capture, they will not go down without a fight, and expect a massive, massive climax. Potentially a lot of casualties are going to be involved into this, but we are going head on into it and we cannot stop this train. The best thing that you can do is get right with God. We need to pray, pray for peace, pray for prosperity, and pray for our family and pray for our friends. Pray for everybody around you. The best thing that we can do is pray for what's to come. Now, this COVID thing. I know you guys are probably sick of me hearing about it, but it is the precipice of everything. It is the induction. It is the uh, catalyst in which this great reset system, which is set to conquer the world, take over your life, deindustrialize the West and the world, cut off energy, food supplies, everything that you see happening. It's not by accident. The Nord Stream pipelines don't blow up by accident. It was intentional. It's intentional to cut off the energy, to lower the energy uh, availabilities across the world and create shortages, which is then going to create markets to collapse and not allow people to get food, energy, warmth, heat, uh, industrial supplies, industrial manufacturing, uh, transport. Everything is tied to energy, right? There's a great uh, article that Mike Adams wrote on natural news, talking about how fertilizer in the coming future, next year, fertilizer is set to be a sparse commodity. In other words, all the major fertilizing manufacturers are either being shut down or they're closing. Uh, or being sabotaged in some form or fashion. And what does this mean? That means all the farms across the world, there's only five major fertilizer manufacturers, and all the major farms are not going to have fertilizer to be able to plant next year. So there's going to be a massive amount of potentially food shortages. And we've been talking about this for a long time. This is all planned and intentional. Now, who's at fault? The George Soroses, the Klaus Schwab's, the Bill Gates. Anthony Fauci, I'm going to put into that. Right, the Obamas, the Bidens, you know, people even in Oregon, people in FEMA Region Ten, Kate Brown, I would throw into that, Tina Kotek. You know, these people are working for a larger conglomerate. We've talked about it. We talked about the Strong Cities Initiative, on how they're capturing down to a county level. Uh, they are corrupting and capturing even county officials, state officials, city officials. Uh, and infiltrating to roll out this greater reset. What they're trying to do is they're trying to reset. Now, if you read and listen to the uh, report by Greg Reese in the beginning of this segment, he breaks down to where this is an uncontrollable thing. It's actually a much larger cycle. Such an interesting thing called the fourth turning, uh, the great year, the 26,000 years, 26,000 years cycle, Uh, and where we're at, just a really interesting thing to think of how there's been such great civilizations in the world. um, And they've risen and they've fallen. And we did and do continue to have one of the greatest civilizations uh, of our modern time. You know, there's a massive amount of awesome technologies out there and abilities. But really, we don't know everything. We don't have the world figured out. When a doctor gives you a diagnosis and says, you know, you got this or you have that. They only know a little bit about what the instruments are able to tell them. They, you know, the, it's, there's so much unexplored avenues to the human psyche and human life and human mind and human brain, it's such a beautiful specimen, a beautiful flower. Uh, I would say, but uh It's such a fascinating time to be exploring, and we are staring at the abyss. Now, what happens when an animal is cornered, and we're faced with a catastrophic future? Uh, People are starting to wake up. People are waking up everywhere to what's really going on, and it's a beautiful thing. And this is an opportunity that we have to really recapture our humanity because really that's what this comes down to. Yeah, we have all our little amenities and everything else in our, in our lives, but humanity is what is under attack and humanity is what we're trying to defend. And really, it's all about humanity and maintaining our humanity, loving thy neighbor, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. All of the basic things and the beautiful things of this earth live and let live give those to which you wish to have done to you these types of things and are the most important things that we need to preserve and the sense of innocence and the beautiful children and people and old souls new souls everybody to love each other and to have peace That's the key to this whole equation. But you still need to be prepared for what's to come. Best thing I can tell you is go to preparetoday.com. In the last segment of this podcast, I'm going to break down in details what I think everybody and every household should have and be prepared for if there's availability for some of this stuff. Now, a lot of this stuff is going up in prices because availability is jumping off the shelves. So it's more important now than ever to get prepared to essentially be off the grid to some form or fashion. You can't depend on the grocery store to always have food. You can't depend on the gas station to always have gas. You can't depend on the city water systems to always have water. Now, whatever they say, they're always going to gaslight you because they're never going to tell you that they're not prepared. They're never going to tell you that the power grid is one of the most vulnerable things of our infrastructure that exists. Right? They're never going to tell you. You're going to be the last to know. You're going to get some alert on your phone, and at that point, it's going to be too late. Right? You're listening to Noncompliant America, and boy, is it a great time to be alive. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Broadcasting from the formal state of Oregon in FEMA Region 10, it's your host, Joshua it's Michaels.
2: That's right, New World Order. That's right, Globalist. That's right, sickness You want to go toe-to-toe, to toe-to-toe with round, us? To you want to go toe-to-toe hand 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 with humanity? Well, you better get in line because this is only the first round. This is the first round and you haven't even begun to unleash what humanity is going to do to you. We will defend ourselves and we will defend our futures no matter what. You can come for us. You can silence us. You can deplatform us. You can take our money. You can take everything from us. But that's only going to unleash the spirit of our holy God and the one and only Jesus Christ, it is only going to unleash us and give us the power and the discernment to be able to seek you serpents out and unleash the wrath of God into this world. How do you like that? It is coming, your day is coming, and I know it, and you know it. Everybody knows it. And we are coming for you. Most of you should be hung, tried judicially through our court systems and tried for the crimes against humanity that has been endured by the mask, Nazi, COVID, Nazi, COVID jab enforcers and creators. And it is happening. Thomas Renz has filed a lawsuit for a billion dollars. Last week, didn't make much news because everybody was talking about Russia. How convenient. Probably the biggest lawsuit ever. Uh, you can go to Res/law.com, Check it out. Phenomenal lawsuit that basically is accusing the uh, creators of COVID-19 of mass genocide because they are responsible it was manufactured we all know it was manufactured uh, but it is a bombshell lawsuit and you can check it out go to rens-law.com and he lists some people eco health alliance peter dasik janet Cottingham, aka janet dasik ralph barrick Lipkin, John and Jane Doe's 1 through a 1,000. Now, a lot of people ask me, what does that mean? What is the John and Jane Doe's? That means as the lawsuit transpires, they can then add additional people as the defendants. People like maybe Anthony Fauci, maybe Bill Gates. Whomever they uncover through the discovery process, On further, who was involved on the creation of COVID-19, which led to a mass genocide and a continued genocide because of the rollout of the fake vaccine COVID-19 shots, which are the real Trojan horse and the real bioweapon and the real COVID. We haven't seen it yet. Some of you are seeing it. People are dying everywhere. Mysteriously, you're seeing people dying in droves. Um, it's unbelievable. And what's happening is that there are so many things happening. They're trying to normalize the dysfunction. And that was kind of the point of COVID was to normalize the dysfunction. And the more we normalize it, the more we're going to accept irrational, erratic concepts. And this is kind of the whole exercise of the left and the Democrats is how far can they push you on a radical mindsets and a radical ideas and concepts that basically go against the laws of nature and goes uh, goes against the laws of your kind of being. And they want to get you out of nature, which is why they want to put you in a cave in your house, in your room, in your bedroom and put goggles on you and throw you into the metaverse, which is a whole induction and purpose of the entire covid narrative, because it's not necessarily about you, but it's about your kids and the effects that it has on the kids. Right? Remember when we talked about the masks and how they are going to morally affect the kids because now you have kids that can't read. I think Oregon is the third worst state. Congratulations. It's either the first or the third worst state in education. Think about that. We are the dumbest state to exist in the entire United States. And even the United States against the world I think we're like 27th in the world. So, bravo. So what happens when you throw a kid in front of a screen? They stop learning. They start YouTubing. They go watch uh, Mr. Beast videos instead of exploring. Now, the great paradigm is the massive amount of information that's available on the Internet. People could be really intelligent. Some people are extremely intelligent. They utilize the Internet for what it is. But for the most part kids are watching tiktok videos eating tide pods doing that so what is that doing that was a huge induction into them so they are going to be affected and we're not going to see the extreme effects to that until later right but then the parents then said hey it's very important for you guys to get your education so go look at this screen huge induction great victory for the the thing but now there's a massive amount of blowback the moms are awakening Everybody's awakening. People know what's going on. Now, I want to play this quick segment of the EU Parliament and them exposing the lies and the plan that Pfizer has had backdating to January of 2020 with the vaccine, with the information that they have. Take a listen.
1: There's another issue right now raised all across Europe the excess mortality rate. According to Eurostat, in the month of July, the excess mortality rate all across European Union went up 16% more than the average of 2016 and 2019. Now, if you look on the map here, this is released by the Eurostat, it's not from us. If you look on this map, you will see that the countries with the highest vaccination rate have right now the highest mortality rate. So obviously we ask, is there a connection between being vaccinated and having a higher mortality rate? Everybody's avoiding answering this, I would say, logical question.
2: That's right. You better get ready, folks. Things are about to get real serious, real serious, more serious than they are right now.
1: It's time to unmask the truth and expose the lies. The occupied forces do not want you to hear this broadcast. Breaking through the censorship and delivering raw, unedited content, it's Joshua Michael with Non-Compliant
2: America. Welcome back, welcome back. Tulsi Gabbard denounced her citizenship to the Democratic cult and has come out against them and has made a astounding public uh, announcement decrying her uh, involvement with the Democratic Party. She's basically stating they have become terrorists and have completely, uh, you know, rejected their oath to serve the american population we all know that it's all in front of our face we can see it every day we can see it with joe biden's america and 51 percent inflation happening uh all across the country gas food i i mean everything but (coughs) excuse me interesting uh (coughs) paradigm is had trump been in office for these past couple years what kind of mitigating things could he have done? Now, I think he could have created more jobs, you know, changed a bunch of uh, economic things and helped lighten the blow. But let's not forget Trump's involvement in printing the massive amount of money. Trump initiated the lockdowns and uh, also allowed them to roll out the COVID-19 jab. Now, this is going to be his Achilles heel And we've still yet to hear him come out against the jab. Now, it's happening all over the country, all over the world. People are now starting to recognize we now have data. We now have information uh, from the Pfizer execs. We have the Pfizer representative openly admitting they had no research backing uh, any of these shots prior to injecting the entire population of the world. So, what does that all mean? They were experimenting, all of, all of you. That means if any of you guys got the jab, you were an experiment guinea pig. You were a chump. You were a sucker. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel that they put an unknown substance into your body with zero account of any recourse? Now, the CDC, if you don't remember... Accidentally released a document prior to the injections that laid out a bunch of potential symptoms that might come from it, such as myocarditis. Are we seeing an uptick in that? Yes, we're even seeing it in kids. Uh, Bell's palsy? Yeah, we're seeing Justin Bieber's face, uh, you know, going limp. And him showing you a video on it, trying to normalize it, like this randomly happened, right? It randomly happened, But it's the only time that this has happened to a 25-year-old, right? Unless some mitigating circumstances. But why is it happening everywhere to all these celebrities, right? What is the correlation? It's very simple. Pfizer and Big Pharma control the media. They control the narrative. They control Hollywood. And you can buy them off. Shoot, if I had enough money, I could buy off some local state senators for probably between twenty and fifty thousand dollars. Cause that's what they're getting from companies like Facebook, Pfizer, Pfizer Drazen, right? These medical industries have all the insurance money which they're robbing from you and using that money to buy off these politicians. Right. I want to talk a little bit about the governor of race. Everybody ask who I endorsed and who I'm going to vote for. That is a really challenging question. Right. We are in the same precedent that we've been in where there's not a lot of hope with who we get behind. I don't like Drazen. I definitely don't like Kotech. And I definitely don't like Betsy. Right. I don't know who do, I'm going to vote for. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna even be able to vote. Cause I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I wanna partake in this. I would rather just vote with my energy, vote with my dollar, and support whom I'm going to support. Now, there's an argument. Do we get behind Drazen uh and she's gonna be, you know, a half cock pilot versus, you know, somebody that's just gonna run the plane into the ground. Now, does she really have The cojones or the background to do that? Or is she just going to play, you know, uh, here's what I think. Okay, so I'm going to get into this. They're definitely going to install Drazen, right? Because there's such a red wave and there's such an outcry with Republicans. You guys have all been battle hardened by the COVID lockdown, censorship, everything going on. The Republican base of the great conservative movement of Oregon You guys are the great salt of the earth. And you have done so much over these past couple years to really solidify your position. You've understand the political waters. You guys are being educated through the hard knocks of all the challenges and trials and tribulations of this life. Before we were all sitting down, we aren't sitting down anymore. So much so as the succession from Oregon is now going on the ballot in two counties. Now, may or may not get passed. Who knows? However, this is a great momentum that's happening in the Oregon uh, movement. So, I think that they are definitely going to um, install Drazen into this whole equation because they want to get the Republicans to sit down. And what does that mean? You're going to think, oh... I got a Republican in office. So therefore, we need, we've need. We've successfully won. We've successfully succeeded. Um, and so most of you guys are just going to sit down and you're going to go back to sleep just like what you did when Trump got into office. You went and you uh, gloated in all of the glory and goodness. He said, remember, you're going to get so tired of winning, you're going to keep winning, and you're going to keep winning. And we did. More businesses, more prosperity, just a phenomenal, booming economy. I think it was 22,000 the the Dow was, uh, 21,000 when he got into office, skyrocketed. Now it's at 30,000. The stock market, I mean, 20, 30%. Now, with all that prosperity, what happens? We grow and we dive into our lives. We become further domesticated. Right? So it's a tale of two cities. It's a tale of two worlds. We have all this prosperity, but then we don't get as politically active because we have less to lose because there's so much gluttony and so much uh, good stuff that's coming from that that we kind of go back to sleep. Now, I think this is the tactic that they're going to use in Oregon, hands down 100%. Now, do I believe that we've been red we've been a red state for at least four or five years hands down they've been stealing it they've been stealing it now they've been stealing it for 30 years but i'm saying it's very obvious in the most recent times but do i think that they're going to give it to drazen absolutely just like they installed her in the primaries they installed drazen as the primary and they're creating all this controversy. Everybody's watching the governor's thing. And it's a big deal. And it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are you going to vote for? Who are you going to vote for? I don't know. I don't know. You. What are you going to, you know, what do you do? You vote for a turd sandwich, you know, or a turd burrito. Which one do you want? I don't know. You know, so it's just a. It's a a really frustrating thing because I was a part of the primary process. I was a part of the election process. There were 16 candidates, 17 candidates maybe, uh, in the Republican Party. Just a massive delusion, delusion of or massive diluting of the entire process. None of the candidates that didn't stand a chance would step down. They wrote it all the way to the end. Now, I think that was a massive mistake because they should have stepped down as, as the momentum went on and got behind the primary candidate, which at the time was definitely Mark Thielman. He had the most momentum. He had a huge amount of donors, huge following. All the events that I went to with all the candidates, he was the guy. So all the other candidates should have stepped down and got behind him. That's the normal thing that people do in a race. But they all held out, which then lessened the ability to vote in the end, which allowed them to install Drazen, right? Because I didn't see her virtually anywhere. She didn't go anywhere. She just got money. And then she got on, put on to, I think it was Coin6 or K2 uh, on that debate. They installed her on that debate. I mean, it's it just it, the whole thing was ridiculous and how they ousted and cut out all the uh, grassroots candidates and everything else. It was just a, it was a complete sham of the process. So out the gate, it was broken. And so what are we left to do? You know, obviously, we're not going to vote for Betsy, who is literally a Democrat in all of her voting records and everything that she does. She's a Democrat. Now, she can say I'm a I'm a. I'm an independent and I can't, you know, she's trying to pull a Tulsi Gabbard, which Tulsi Gabbard, again, comes from the same background, same schooling, same infrastructure as a Justin Trudeau, as an Obama, as all of these people. And it's one of those things that she's, she knows that that ship is sinking. The Democrats are a sinking ship. Now, they're extremely powerful and they're backed into a corner right now and they are getting get ready to strike. Now, do I believe that they have enough on Drazen to just install her and let all these Republicans, you know, say, woohoo, yeah, we won. We're taking over this state where the reality is she's just backdoor in all the deals and they're still business as usual because she's part of them. She's not anything for the people. She doesn't represent the people. She's changing her rhetoric to try to appeal to the base so she can get some more voters. This is what politicians do. Now, but in the end, she, she canceled a ton of interviews toward the end of the primaries and wouldn't participate in the entire process. But yet she got the majority of votes. Come on, guys. We'll be right back.
1: It's better to die on your feet than live on your knees. Broadcasting live, it's Joshua
2: Michael. Welcome back, folks. Man, this hour goes by quick. I can talk forever. I just, there's, there's just so much going on. But I want to talk about things that I feel are important. You know, we can talk about the governor's race. Yeah, I got into it. I gave you guys my opinion. Whatever. Take it for what it is, right? You know, people want me to toe the line and get in line with, you know, the Republicans uh, when it's it's all about humanity and how we can help each other. And if there's a political individual that uh, is going to stand for the people, I'll be behind him 100 percent. If they're just going to toe the line and be business as usual and just be the same corrupt institutions that are destroying this country now coming to a head of really exposing of the effects of voting the wrong people. We now see the effects of how dangerous it is to vote in these terrorists because that's what they are. They're communists, terrorists. They hate this country. They hate humanity. They want you to be starving on the streets and have nothing, which is why homeless populations go through the roof. They want you decadent and dependent. They just want to put you on food stamps And wait for the end of your life until you get sick. Then you'll have no medical care and any ability because the medical systems will be overran and or gone. Now, let's talk about the greater Idaho movement because I think this is real momentum. I think this is a real uh, representation of where we are at. And this is real activism. Things that I get behind and things that I really care about. Just like... uh, um, Oregon Firearms Federation with Kevin Starrett in the 114 resistance movement and the things that he does phenomenal. Same with this Matt McCall, um, who is leading the greater Idaho movement. Now, this is a real uh, solution. I think that's peaceful uh, and it demonstrates the political will of Eastern Oregon and their ability to uh, combat against these radical communist terrorists. That have captured this state. Now, what it means is that if we do the divide, it's only a couple counties right now, but I think six or seven other counties uh, have considered it and are open to talks uh, of moving to the greater Idaho. I mean, it goes it goes basically all the way to Bend uh, down, you know, around Klamath Falls area, and then up basically to Washington is what the what the proposal is. Now, only these couple counties are going to start talking about it. Um, but it's roughly 47, they're getting about 47 to 49% in favor of the measure that they're proposing. Now, will it ever pass? Will they ever, you know, I everybody has a different argument about it. Oh, it'll never work. But what it is, is it's setting the precedent. It's paving the path. It's paving the social agendas And social narratives and this is the importance of this movement now now it may not pass um, but what it does is it carves out a path for people in the future to explore and move the ball further forward toward this end goal this is something that people don't understand is that you're not gonna win everything every time sometimes it takes years here's a great example The Oregon Cannabis Movement, right? Now, everybody swears by cannabis. Personally, I don't like it. Um, You know, to each your own, if you want to smoke that stuff, good for you. If you think it's going to do healing for you, it might, right? I'm not in it. I don't care about it. Uh, I don't know anything about it, right? I I, I mean, I know people who know everybody, but everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who's got the best weed or has got the best solution or has got the best stuff. It's kind of like rappers. They all know Kanye West or they all know Jay-Z. Everybody's got an uncle somewhere who's in the industry who has all the answers on how to, uh, you know, get you to be famous. Now we all know these stories, everything else, right? The cannabis industry is like that to me. But what I'm getting at is that it started a long time ago, I would say in the, in the 90s, late 90s. You know, you see all these people coming out. Oh, it's good for you. It's going to do this. It's great. It's good for you. And then that started and it started and it's like, okay, we're going to put it on the ballot um, to legalize it for medical use. We're going to use it for medical use. And that was kind of the gateway that got in. Then you had some doctors kind of, changing a little bit of what it covers and broadening the scope. Then there was all this PR about how great medically it is for you, and it's really not that bad of a drug and everything else. And then lo and behold, they legalized it in the state. And that's an example of how you can start something and gain momentum to where eventually you can move the ball across the finish line. Now, in this case, the ball being the cannabis industry, blew up and now is completely legal in Oregon. And we set a precedent to where multiple other states, again, across the country, are doing the same thing. Now, granted, obviously in Oregon, we got to one-up everybody. So we legalize all the drugs and just say, yeah, come over, smoke some crack. Uh, You know, and we're not going to evict you out of your cardboard house uh, in front of the business. We don't care about the business. We care about you because we care about our fellow man right? So the homeless population explodes. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, let's go to Oregon. You know, they'll let us do whatever they want. They aren't even arresting anybody anymore. Or if they are, they're just letting us go because the police force is crippled and makes public announcements like the Salem PD did about how they're not going to be enforcing specific crimes such as theft, burglary, different things, because they just don't have enough staff. Now, how did they magically not have enough staff? One could argue a bunch of people didn't want to get vaccinated, so they said kick rocks others could say that you know they're being defunded you know they're obviously being ran by a communist because that's mostly what this state is being ran by are a bunch of communist leftist terrorists um, that should uh they'll they'll see their day let's just put it that way so even if all 17 counties approve the proposal Creating Greater Idaho would face a big bureaucratic hurdle. Uh, The state legislators of both Idaho and Oregon would have to sign off on the plan, as would the U.S. Congress. Now, this is the challenge. However, it sets the precedent. So this may not be the proper way. I know that there was an individual in North California uh, proposing to succeed from California and calling it New California. And it's same thing. It's mostly the rural communities that aren't properly represented by these blue state strongholds that have basically captured their entire state and moving their whole state. When there's such a polarization between communities, these communities, these rural communities have no representation. But that's all we have for today. I would love to talk more Please check out our website, noncompliantamerica.com. Subscribe, share with your friends, get ready, get prepared. As we are spiraling into this great awakening moment, we are less than 30 days away from the voting. Now, does your vote count? Does it matter? Have we done enough to be able to combat and get this? If you want to get involved, at the very least, I highly recommend your involvement be something of the along the lines of poll watching, poll watching, and watching the votes being counted in your county. Just watching. You can take notes. You can videotape. You have every given right. Don't let them bully you into that. That is some real activism that I think that we can all get in, get involved with and get in line with. I know I'm going to be spending my time doing that. And if you want to join me, go ahead and write me, jm at noncompliantamerica.com. Send me an email. Check out uh, all the links, all the previous shows. We're trying to get some more guests on talking about voter. I had a guest planned for today, but he wasn't able to make it. But let's uh, let's get involved here. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.